Now we're live. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Safina Society. Nothing but facts live stream uh, where we are streaming on a Monday. It's a sunny Monday. It's crisp. Weather is really nice out and we are ready to go for another week of streaming and another week uh, pulling together our La Cocina fundraising pitch and Oz if uh, you Oz is at the control center today if you can pull together any of these um, uh, images to put out there because we're we bankroll our whole operation in December I would say 70% of it 80% of it 90% of it we bankroll it all in the month of December and then we move and we and and we have some people are saying that they actually want to fast track our operation we said we're going to add one day a year. So we started with Wednesday. Every Wednesday we did it. And all I want to do is every Wednesday, don't miss a beat. You cannot miss a beat. Because once you miss a beat and you become irregular, people stop coming. Now we're, one, we're going to add Monday. Which means adding a staffer part-time to take care of it, to make sure it happens. But somebody, believe it or not, wants us to fast track. And he maybe he's going to help us. Okay. To fast track to five times a week. How huge is that? And you know what? If he, if they want to do it, what I'm going to say? I'm going to hit the go button. Um, we, yeah, you can't, not? you can't give up that opportunity. Yeah, you can't. You, that opportunity is too good to to give up. All right. And as you saw, guys, um, the U.S. is out. As some people say that it was the fastest American exit from a Middle Eastern country. Okay. Do you guys see that? No. You didn't see that? That the fastest... Um, oh, I saw that. You yeah, get it? Yeah, yeah. The fastest American exit from a from an American country. <laughs> now, Senegal came up really short, I would say, unfortunately. That was a shame. That Senegal just basically... Let's be honest, they got smashed. Although I was rooting for Senegal, yeah. right? And um, I was hoping that they, they could they could surprise England. Now, since when is England good at soccer, like the World Cup? I mean, they're, they're good, but they're not, they're never winners. Is Harry Kane like a leader? I'm not a big fan of him because of the whole political fuss that he made with the armbands, but um, is he some, someone who's any good? Do you have a clue about no, soccer? Sure. No. You follow soccer? I don't follow soccer either. Uh, but if you have to ask me Messi or Ronaldo, I'm going to definitely say Ronaldo because um, he's got a swagger. Messi's like, I don't know, it seems lazy to me, right? Not like physically like he doesn't run, but his personality seems lazy. I, I'm not, I don't like his personality. He's also not a big game player. I don't believe he's a big game player, to be quite honest with you. And Ronaldo, to me, seems like a killer. I like killers. And winners, right? And Ronaldo, to me, if you had one game for life, same 10 guys on both sides, like a video game, but the same 10 guys on both sides, Ronaldo and Messi, I'm going to have to say Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo, no doubt about it. All right, today we are is our reading. JR says, Pulisic is a boss... Uh, to be quite honest with you, um, 
to be quite honest with you, if it's not like a massive big name, I'm not going to know it. I'm not going to know the names of, of the soccer players, to be quite honest. Uh, 571 Hibba is asking, what is going on talking soccer? I guess it's in the air, right? Uh, everyone is talking about it. Even my students at class yesterday, we studied Dardir's uh, Aqidah, and they're like, please, can we put the game on silent just to see if they score? And I permitted that until it got ugly. France, you know, pummeling poor little old Poland. I said, can't. Mbappe's mom supposedly is a Muslim. I don't know if, the, if that matters for anything, but I'm always interested in, you know, which player is a Muslim. Let's now get to our, 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 our reading for today. Today is, mon- is Monday. We always read from Siyuti's Asbab and Nuzul. And today we will shift our minds from the dunya to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the next few minutes. And read the Asbab and Nuzul of Surah Al-Qiyamah. أخرج البخاري عن ابن عباس قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا نزل عليه الوحي يحرك به لسانه يريد أن يحفظه فأنزل الله لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل به okay. The Prophet was commanded and told that because when the Prophet peace be upon him used to receive the revelation he used to recite it along with Sayyidina Jibreel immediately so that he could remember it. But Allah Ta'ala has eased this from him by saying, La bihi lisanak. Don't move your tongue with it. Let it, it will settle in your heart. Allah says, We will recite it to you so that you will not forget it. We were, so, in, in knowledge, how is knowledge transferred from scholar to scholar? As you can tell us the two ways. Art. So, the, it's either recited to the scholar, or the scholar recites it to the student. Oh, okay. Both occurred with the Prophet and Jibreel. The Sayyidina Jibreel would recite the new lesson to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. No, uh, sorry, the new surahs to the Prophet. Mm. And every Ramadan, the Prophet would recite it to him, to Sayyidina Jibreel. So, the, the, if you want to look at which is better, the Shaykh reciting to the student the Hadith, or the ruling and lecturing, or the student reciting it, and then the Shaykh commenting. If it's the first time the student is receiving it, then the Shaykh. That's the example of the Prophet. The first recitation came from, the prophets, from Jibreel to the Prophet Then, as a revision... The Prophet would recite it to Jibreel Okay. So there's At-Talqeen. Yes, Sufi is saying. At-Talqeen is the Shaykh reciting it to the student. Then Al-Ard, At-Tilmeed, Ya'rid Ala Al-Shaykh. So both of them exist. وَأَخْرَجَ إِبْنُ جَرِيرٍ مِنْ طَرِيقِ الْعَوْفِ عَنْ إِبْنِ عَبَّاسٍ قَالَ لَمَّا نَزَلَتْ عَلَيْهَا تِسْعَةَ عَشَرٍ Upon it is 19. Qala Abu Jahl Quraysh. Thakilatkum ummahatukum yukhbirukum ibn Abi Kabsha. Anna khazanat jahannama tis'ata ashar. Wa antumuddahum addum 
See Abu Jahl being a fool that he was because he was very smart. Before Islam, he was extremely smart. So much so, his nickname was Abu Al-Hakam. And then, thank you, Habib, for bringing this up. And then, his ignorance and his arrogance has made him dumb. That's what ignorance and arrogance does. It makes you dumb. It blinds you to facets of things that you should be aware of. Okay? So Abu Jahl then said, there are 19, according to Surah Al-Qiyamah, 19 guardians over around Jahannam. Okay? He says, hey, 10 of you, you take one each, I'll take nine myself. Right? So he's either being sarcastic, trying to be stupid about it, or uh, he's actually blinded of the realities of things. Okay? And that, uh, you, know, the, you see the atheists do this all the time. There was an atheist one who said, if I see, uh, if it's true on the day of judgment, I'll say, hey God, let's have a chat first. People are so, okay. People are so um, um, sarcastic. Well, you're going to get the surprise because that's what we believe. And if your reality of life is true, we got lost nothing, right? If you're into math, the math is on our side. وَأَخْرَجَ النَّسَاءِ عَنْ سَعِيدِ بِنْ جُبَيْرَ أَنَّهُ سَأَلَ إِبْنَ عَبَّاسٍ سَأَلَ إِبْنَ عَبَّاسٍ عَنْ قَوْلِهِ أَوْلَى لَكَ فَأَوْلَى الشيء You need something else? Uh, yeah, you got it. Yeah. الشيء He says أَوْلَى لَكَ الشيء قَالَهُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ مِنْ قِبَلِ نَفْسِهِ أَمْ أَمْرَهُ اللَّهُ بِهِ قَالَ بَلْ قَالَهُ مِنْ قِبَلِ نَفْسِهِ ثُمْ أَنزَلَهُ اللَّهُ Right. So when he said that, Aula Laka Faula is, all right, guess you just became first on the list. You are now the priority of the adab. Now, Abu Jahl, certain things used to come in the Quran as a test, like s- such details as a test. So, for example, and Abu Jahl, this would drive him crazy. The Prophet, the Quran reveals that there is Shajarat al Zakum, there's a tree. That uh, the fruits of it, it's a tree in hell, uh, is like the heads of devils. Okay, so Abu Jahl said, "Hold on a second. You're telling us it's a fire. How is a tree going to grow inside a fire? Right? So that's Abu Jahl again using his own sense of things and judging. So that's why uh, the uh, the Quran mentions this. He he mocked that." He also mocked the Isra and the Mi'raj. He continues to judge everything by his limited materialistic worldview. Every atheist is a materialist. The materialist is not anything new. They just got better at being materialists. They just got more confident because of technological advancements. But essentially, every atheist has to be a materialist. Every kafir has to be a materialist. Not every kafir because you have pagans. And they're medicine men who deal with the unseen jinns and shayateen. By the way... Did you guys see this article about the, the Buddhist monks? Hilarious. Hilarious. Police, 
for some reason were in there, they discovered a big meth lab downstairs. That's why these Buddhists are doing all these tricks. They're high, right? That's why. And I'm sure some of these Hindu gurus, okay, are, are also taking some drugs, and that's what's opening their pathways to see all these jinns. Because drugs open pathways, and you're able to see some of these shayateen. That's what happens. I mean, please, after all this time, you're just taking drugs like anybody else and doing all these tricks on people. Anyway, but the Quran mentions details. So the guardians of, the, of Jahannam are 19. It's such a unique number, it catches your attention. If it said like there's 20, you would forget 20, 40, 10, right? It's an even number, but saying they're 19. Likewise, the, the, the guardians of, let's say the, uh, the guardians of the, uh, uh, the, uh, the throne of Allah is held by how many? Eight. That's why the Islamic, uh, the Islamic um, star has eight sides to it. It's two squares. It's not really like official or anything, but the Muslims always use the eight-sided star, a square and then a turned square, right, to, uh, as a star. And then they would put, their fountains would all be eight-sided. Eight-sided um, like structures with fountains because also the throne of Allah Ta'ala is on water. So being the throne of Allah being on water, uh, they would made fountains with eight-sided stars. So they took these numbers and made symbolism out of it. But the point was that the Quraysh would always be like perplexed. Like why eight? Why 19? It's like, why? it's funny because why are you so worried about this, right? Like that's your issue? Yeah. Or the issue is, is this book from God or not, right? Why are you hyping up that, about 19 or 8 or a tree in Jahannam, right? And you're missing the bigger picture of, is this book from Allah or not? Right. I, I said something in the khutbah. Were you at the khutbah this Friday? Okay, so you attended Aziz? How did Az do for Jummah? Was it a good khutbah? Yeah. He was prepping the night before. Yo, no one's supposed to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. Anytime... The kuffar, because this ties into our topic. Anytime a kafir, an atheist, any group, they attack something in the Quran, welcome it. Allah is using them to point to something that will be a proof that this book is not from a human being. Now listen very carefully, this is amazing. A man came, and like for example, anything, anything that they bring, is, it's Allah using them to tell us Muslims, Believers, examine, look deep into this subject that he's attacking because there's a proof that this book is not from, from a human being, that it is Allah's words. So, a kafir, an atheist guy, an Arab atheist, you know the Arabs have atheists now. They have atheists now. He pointed out and he said, what rational person would believe that the youth of the cave spent 309 years sleeping, right? He's basically saying, what human being would do that? Uh, believe that. We believe that, right? They spent 309 years sleeping. Like, why is that hard to believe once the premise is that the creator, he creates what he wants, and he's not bound by anything. There are no laws for the creator. We have to respect certain laws. We have to respect gravity. But is gravity an absolute? Of course not. If Allah wanted to negate it, he'd negate it. If he wanted to make it a little less, he'd make it. And we have planets. Jupiter's gravity is very strong. Other 
planet's gravity is very weak, right? Like the moon gravity is very weak. Jupiter's is very strong. So it's not out of and it's not out of the internal logic of this religion that he can make someone sleep for 309 years. It's like no big deal. Now, again, it's as if Allah Ta'ala is like almost, they're, they're, they're driven crazy by, by, by their disbelief. And Allah Ta'ala is like gives them something that will just drive them nuts. And he said, on top of that, why 309? Like, why not an even number? But again, that's what you're worried about? Now listen to this. Where is, this is in Surah Al-Kaf. Let me open up Surah Al-Kaf because I love this so much that I'm going to actually, hopefully tomorrow, I'm going to actually bring you an image of this, okay? And bring you the numbers. Exactly. But you can count for yourself. If you go to ayah number 12 of Surah Al-Kaf, <clears throat> go to ayah number 12 of Surah Al-Kaf and look at where it says, فَضَرَبْنَا عَلَىٰ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانَ الرَّجِيمِ ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاهُ لِنَعْلَمَ أَيُّ الْحِزْبَيْنِ أَحْصَى لِمَا لَبِثُوا أَمَدًا So a scholar, he started to look into the ayah. And what did he start to do? He started to read it over and over and over and over and look for something unique. Now this word لَبِثُوا does not come a lot in the Qur'an. Okay? But he says, نَحْنُ نَقُسْ عَلَيْكَ then you go down okay <coughs> down to ayat number 19 second time it's mentioned Third time it's mentioned. Fourth time it's mentioned. To know that the promise of Allah is true. I mean, they are a proof that this book is true. Okay. Continues. And continues until it says, Fifth time it's mentioned. It's mentioned fifth time so far. Three hundred years. And add nine more. Was dadu what did we say now? Seven? We're on seven, right? Seven. If I'm not mistaken. Seven. This root word, let me tell you exactly how many times in the Quran it comes, this root word. Because it's, it's very few. Yet it comes seven in one time. And you'll, you'll get to my point. I just want to drag it on a little bit to, to get you everything that you need to, to know about this. And this was unprepared. I knew this in my head, but I wish I had prepared it. Um, okay. It comes in the Quran. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44
six times in Surah Al-Kahf. Okay. And it comes in a couple other surahs. So what did the man do? He took the first mention of Labithu and the last mention of Labithu. And he began, he knew, noticed that that's unique. This rep repetition of that word. Labithu means to remain, to stay. Then he counted the number of words from Labithu to Labithu. And he got to the word 300 years. When he got to the word 300, that word was the 300th word. Wazdadu tis'ah, qulillahu a'lamu bima labithu is nine words. So the total from labithu to labithu is 309 words. One word for every year that they were there, were there that they slept. And you're going to tell me that the Prophet, who is unlettered, who is not drafting this and rereading it, and has no time for this, he planned this and calculated it, right? And it's discovered 1,450 years later, right? Because you have to, for, the Hijri year starts with Hijrah, but this happened before the Hijrah, by about, like what, seven years before the Hijrah? So you have to add a couple of years. Fourteen, So a millennium and a half. If it was, ooh, a cute little trick, I'm going to add it in there as a prophet, as an author. Well, nobody discovered it for a millennium and a half, right? Yet, uh, it's unreal, unrealistic to ever imagine a human being is going to put this, who is unlettered. That's why the, the prerequisite of this miracle is that the prophet never have read a book, never have connected two letters together in pen or with his eyes. Because the proofs of this book are all going to be found in such technical details in the book. And this is the numerology of the Qur'an is a proof. He has time for this, right? That's the question. So, guess what? He called back his friend. Like, because he wasn't a scholar of fiqh and sharia. He was just like an intellectual who devoted himself to the Qur'an. So he had friends in the world that were atheists. Not friends, but people he knew. He called him back. He opened the page and he actually put the numbers on the words. And as he was counting, when he got to 300 years, that's the number 300 of a word. And then the verse actually says, and add nine more. Allah knows how long they stayed. Right? That's nine words. And add nine more, that's how long they stayed, is nine words. And that, com that completes the 309. The guy on the phone stayed silent. The guy could hear him sniffling, and he said the shahada. He retook his shahada as a Muslim. Amazing story. ثَلَاثَ مِئَةٍ سِنِينَ وَازْدَادُ now look at what Allah says. Take insight from this. Make other people hear it. That's exactly what happened. Right? But in a way, no scholar had ever planned, nobody had ever planned. Like nobody had ever planned to study the numerology of Labithu to Labithu. So, point being here, anytime that an atheist brings us an attack, accept it. 
it is a secret from Allah. Allah is getting your attention. There's a secret here. So we're not out there going to look for the attack to refute him. We're going to look to attack for the proof, an extra proof. You are doing us a favor, atheists, Christians. David Wood, you're, guy, you're doing us a favor. The more you tell us to look at Aisha, the more she's a proof. Like When you look at Aisha and you say, the age of Aisha, you go crazy. Okay, yeah, you had fools. You guys, you're saying she was six years old when married, consummated at nine. Where'd you get the number? Her own testimony. She's proud of it. And you're the same civilization that's saying love is love, right? Or whatever they're saying is, right? Which one is it? Because she clearly is the proof that this was not something she was ever traumatized by. Is a traumatized woman want to boast about it? Has a traumatized woman become the greatest scholar of her time? After Sayyidina Omar's passing, in Medina, she was number one. There's not a doubt about that. And Ibn Omar was right there. In the city of Medina, because of course, Ibn Abbas moved to Ta'if, Ibn Mas'ud moved to Kufa, other scholars moved to different places. Sayyidina Ali was in Kufa, but in Abu Huraira went to Bahrain, but he wasn't a mufti, right? Who is the, shaykh, the, the number most important scholar in Medina? It's her. How do you reach this feat? Um, it's something that she's the source. So if you want to attack us at her being nine, six at the betrothal and nine at consummation, you're essentially saying our hadith is sound. So if you want to hold that argument, you cannot turn around and say, oh, the hadith is all a bunch of lies, right? She herself is the one who said it. She's boasting of it. She's fully accomplished in her life. She even is able to rally older men behind her at the moment that she wants to have a political move. Not that she wanted to take power, but she wanted to make a statement that Sayyidina Ali should prosecute the killers of Uthman before doing anything else. She is the leader. Behind her are Talha Zubair. Zubair, who you can't even see the skin on his back from how many hits he had with the sword, strikes on his sword, like how many scars he has. These are warriors. Who are they honoring? Her. Does it, are they going to honor a traumatized little girl who's just like upset about everything and messed up in the head? That's what would be the case. Are you going to tell us that you, here, 1,400 years later, who don't even know how to parent, you care more about her than her own parents because her parents were there? Her parents, her mom and dad, you care more about her than her mom and dad? How about the, 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 the Quraysh? The marriage of the Prophet to Zainab, who is the daughter of, uh, who, is, who is the wife of the Prophet's adopted son, when adoption was something permissible. Okay, Oz, what's going on with Instagram? Is that okay? Okay. Zainab, the Prophet then married her. That was a massive scandal. Right? So we know when something is scandalous in the time of the Prophet. We know that. It was scandal in the sense that it's taboo. It was taboo for you to marry the wife of your adopted son. But he did it. He was commanded to. Okay? And the Prophet himself hesitated, knowing it's a taboo. Well, firstly, there was no time put on it. Right? And then Allah Ta'ala revealed... 
do what you are commanded to do. If you don't do it, you haven't fulfilled his message. That itself is a proof. Who is going to author a book in which is told this? Like, imagine I author a book and I write in it while my publisher is making me say this, right? No human being would have done that. So Zainab, that marriage was taboo and scandalous in the eyes of the pagans at the time or, or the, the Arabs at the time. So what does that prove? We know when it's a scandal. How about Sayyidah Aisha when in Hadith al-Ifq they tried to scandalize her and attack her? What's the result? Well, one of the premises, of the, the ideas there is that if, we, if they, they wanted to attack Aisha, why wouldn't they have attacked her age? Well, before that. Like, we know when they attack the marriages of the Prophet. That's the point I'm making here. Like, we know when they're attacking him. We have record. And there's, therefore, in the absence of any record, there was no issue with that age of Aisha. And on top of all that, you all yourself, in the Western civilization, who, by the way, I have, like, zero... It's, almost, it's only because we're here that I have any consideration. And the only consideration left is that the world operates on the dollar. Like, for example, would you care what Romanian intellectuals think? Would you care even what... Even Russian intellectuals? Well, why do I care what you guys think, Right? Only thing I care about is the Russian mafia. I don't want to screw around with these guys, right? But you don't care about Russian intellectuals. What, what do I care what you think, right? It's only because you guys still have the biggest military in the world. That's why anyone cares. And the dollar operates by you. That's why anything cares. And you still have an edge in like all uh, corporations and brands. That's why anyone cares what your opinion is. But other than that, since that being the case, if we're going to discuss it, you're so inconsistent. Because on the one hand, you say, oh, she's nine years old. On the other hand, wait a second, your own eight-year-old eight year old girls are making far bigger decisions. If a seven-year-old says, oh, I'm actually a, I'm a, I'm a dude, give me hormone blockers. What's bigger, hormone blockers or a marriage, which you can undo a marriage? Right. You can't undo this, but you're giving them that massive decision. If a child can make the decision to cut off their genitals, yeah. To enter and exit enter someone else's exit, genitals. You know, to, yeah, to say that. But that, that, but yeah. that's the, you know, the Thank you. And the other thing is, is that we are constantly hearing that morality is relativistic, right? Yeah. But what we're doing here is that 1,400 years later, we're imposing our morality yeah. on something that happened in the past. Now, fine. You, know, you can do that if you would like to do that. Yeah. But at least admit that then morality is not relative. Yeah. Then morality is absolute. Yes. Now let's begin talking about what is the limits of what's considered moral and not moral. And who sets those limits? Yeah. And if we're going to go back 1,400 years to the time of the Prophet, let's just go 400 years. No, skip that. 100 years. I wish I had it. Uh, I put up a video about Age of Aisha a while ago. I think I took it down. But I went through Wikipedia, Ages of Marriage. And you could get married pretty much at the age of 11 or 12 or 10 in Georgia, in the United States, if your parents signed off on it, right? So that's only 100 years, less than 100 years ago. That was the law. If your parents signed off, there was no limit to the age. And they had records. Okay, the youngest person who married in 1856, the youngest person who married in 1918. The records are right there in Wikipedia, Right? Why don't you look it up? Record, American youngest brides in American, on record. 
And that's only 100 years ago. In a society that was pretty developed in comparison to the Arabian Bedouins, what are the Arabs, what is there to learn? Maturity is all about learning what you need to learn to be an adult, right? That's what we can call maturity. There's physical maturity in which penetration and sex will not physically harm you. That's physical maturity. What is emotional maturity? Mental maturity. It's understanding. Like, for example, if you have a guy who has no concept at the age of 20 that he doesn't know prices, he doesn't know about paying taxes, he doesn't know about anything like that, you'd say you're immature. Well, go back to a country and to an era of life where there's none of that. There's no technology to learn. What's a technology to learn? How to use a needle? How to use a knife? Okay. You go to the Amazon rainforest, and and I one time saw a program where kids would carry a knife at the age of five, cut through the branches, and hunt. Like catch a squirrel, catch like a beaver or something, and, and slaughter it, and bring it back to their parents. All right, good. You've done your chore for the day. We can eat lunch now, right? Five years old, six years old, seven years old. So, and that's, he has learned by using that knife, 100% of the technology of his era. Right. There's nothing else there, right? If he learns what is a sheep, they go to the Bedouin. What is a sheep? What is a lamb? They don't even have chickens. Like they hardly have chicken, right? They hardly have cows, what is a sheep? What is a goat? What is a camel? What is a jarboa? What is a scorpion? Name me 10 animals that existed in the time of the Arabian Peninsula. You've learned 90% of the bio- biology that exists in your time. Right. So what else is there to do? You mature by nine years old, you mature. Well, let's take this, Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, his biography. On Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As. He says, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As. And his father, they went back and forth. They had issues at one point. He said, Abdullah bin Amr bin As, guess how old the age difference between him and his, and, and his father, Amr bin As? How much? 12 years old. The guy was a dad at 12. Right. right? 12 years old, you pretty much say, maybe soon he'll be hitting maturity. Well, they already hit maturity. If he's 12, how do you, do you think his wife was? Right? right? So... Life. Yeah. I just don't understand. What else do you want them to do? Yeah. You want them to go to college? You want them to get what a is PhD? It? There's yeah. nothing else to do. In, in, the, in the Bedouin yeah. world, yeah. by the age of six, seven, yeah. you have learned everything there is about the technology of the age, the topography of the country. Yeah. There's nothing else to be an adult. And they ask, oh, how did the Prophet have all these homes? Like he had home for Aisha, home for Zainab. I was like, well, what does it take? You think there's taxes? Right? You think you're paying taxes? You think there's a water bill? There's no water bill. There's no utilities bill. Right. There's no taxes. You literally, you, you build a wall, and you build another wall. Sometimes they didn't even build a roof in some of these places, right. some of the homes. So, I mean, it's absurd that uh, they make that claim. But the point being is that, listen to this, in Alaska, Children as young as 12 were granted marriage license. Okay. While 11 other states allowed 13-year-olds. When was this? This, you know, this, this is a great example decade. because Central. Alaska is a perfect example. You're yeah. not in a big city. Mm-hmm. There's not that much to do in Alaska. Yeah. So what are you going to do? You know, you, you finished everything that you need to do. Yeah. Get married. Now, when people talk about this and they say something like, oh, okay, so would you allow it? 
and say, no, I'm not living in there. Yeah. I, that's exactly my point. Our life is far more complicated. And this is not a religious issue. It's a practical issue. Right. So the, 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 pra- the line is the maturity to not harm yourself in marriage and to be a good husband or a good wife. Right. That maturity, that age of maturity, first of all, the Ottoman scholars put it at 15. Right. Way back, like 400 years ago, the Ottoman scholars did that. Knowing that she's too naive, There's, the world's too complicated for her to go into a permanent relationship, there's no going back. Right. That's the key. Okay? So... And, you know, um, like a big city at that time, yeah. there's probably, what, 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. That we Many people know 10,000 people like today. Like, I could know every single, like, 10,000 people in my contact list. Yeah. Now, when a girl gets married and her parents are going to be looking for the person to, you know, get married, to marry that daughter, they already know the entire list of options that are available. Yes, yeah. They have it, and yeah. they can make that decision. They know that, you know, logically that person has to be older. Yep. They have to be more mature. It's not like, you know, there's a, like, a, you can make a profile on the internet yeah. and find someone, you know, to marry from across the world. No, you know your prospects. So when the parent is going to make that decision for their daughter, they know the way that the world works. Yeah. They know who's good. They know who's stable, who has money, who's financially capable of providing. So what's wrong with the parent making that decision for the daughter or even for the son? And, and, and is there anyone else coming through the door? Exactly. This, this is it. That's, this is that's our my city, point. Right? Exactly. Yeah. We don't get a stranger come in except once a year and we look at him like where you don't know what you're all about, right? Right. So how many differences will there be between those 10,000 people. If you're living in a city like Mecca at that time, the differences between you will be your height, your look. There's not going to be a cultural difference. You and your 10 grandparents before you had the same culture, lived the same exact life. Like life didn't change, right? For centuries, life didn't change. Not like today. Today, I can't even relate to these uh, weed McDonald's doobie bussing youth, right? <laughs> right? I don't even get what they're saying, right? Yeah. And, and I'm not even old, right. Right? right? So life keeps changing so quickly now, but in, and it's so uh, diverse. Uh, you, went, you had a time period where for, for pro- a thousand years, the way that your great-great-great-grandfather lived and the way you lived has not changed. Yeah. The only thing that changes is maybe who's the ruling tribe. That's it. But the technology is the same. The uh, uh, everything is the same, right? So it's so much easier than it, it used to be, and that's why you marry, you don't like each other. Okay, get divorced, go back to your right. dad. But it was like an easy thing, right? It's the Catholic influence has that has rendered marriage to be a massive big deal because it's a once in a lifetime thing. My grandmother, she yeah. got married at the age of fourteen, yeah. um, which is very very normal. She has Alzheimer's now. Yeah. So she's back. Like, she perceives herself as a little girl now. When we listen to her making dua, yeah. she's making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. Oh, Allah, please find me a, find me a good husband. Wow. She thinks she's a little girl, but that's what she wanted at that age. Mm. You know, like, the thing is, is that are you really going to say that these women, all these women across the board are being forced into marriages against their consent, against their will? that no one is willing to step up, that the patriarchy is so severe that, you know, a woman, like no woman has ever had the choice. No, this is what they wanted. Even now, you know, like as everything has gone away and the only thing that remains is, you know, that fitra. That's all she has left nowadays. This is what she wanted. 
Yeah. Because this is the reality. This is what people looked forward to in life, to getting married and starting families. And and in a certain time where the life was sheltered, right? How is a person going to find and know the difference between guys without getting close to them, right? So you relied upon your parents and your dad, okay? Right. That's how, that's how and, and for, for, to a great extent, we also still rely upon references. Right. And today, you may say, okay, well, I need to know their personality. They also wanted to know personality back then, but I think the factors of life were so, uh, fe- so much fewer there was less room to become to be so unique. Today we have so much room to be so unique. Like right. you could, you you could put in your personality and you could learn things about how to talk and all that stuff to make your personality so unique. Right. Right. Uh, back then, I don't think that was the case. Like you had maybe four different personality types. Right. Uh, so that's the thing where, but point being is that you're gonna attack something like Age of Aisha. Then hold on a second, because you're also telling us love is love and whatever. Right. And why are you getting involved in their love? That was a love that Aisha had for the Prophet. So I said, what are you getting involved <laughs> for? Right. And is, uh, if, if, if everything's supposed to be all equal, then what about, why don't we sympathize with Amr ibn As, who got married at, at 12, who had a, a son at 12, which means he got married at 11. Right. right. And you can't flip flop back and forth. That you're either a strong woman that could do everything, or you're. But when something happens, you don't like. You're abusing this weak woman. Which one is it? Are you a weak woman or a strong woman? If if I did that, okay, I I would be taking advantage. If I did that, and I came and I let's say I go to my job and I say, oh, you know, it's tough, man. I'm not getting paid enough, and it's really tough. And, you know, stuff is, uh, it's, life is hard. And I try to do a sob story to get you to increase my pay. Then when you, when I have to do something and the boss gets involved, I play tough. And I say, oh, don't get involved. This is my job, my profession. I know what I'm doing. You can get out of it. So wait a second, why am I tough in one spot? Right. right? I'm a tough guy here, but I'm not tough enough to handle what I signed up for in terms of salary, Right. Just a hypothetical. It's not the case at all. None of that's true. But to say, to, to give an example, you cannot flip-flop back and forth like a binary, uh, whatchamacallit, um, you know, the atom that, that is in both places at one time. What is this experiment called? The split. You cannot be this split screen, a quantum atom, that when you want to be a, a, a weak person, I'm a weak victim. And when you want to be a boss man, you're a boss. You, you got to pick one. If you're a boss... Handle all of life as a boss. If you're weak, then get handled. And be weak all the time. In all your things, you need a protector. Not you need a protector when you screwed up, right? You need a protector. So this type of thing, and this is what Khadija Asif is saying. She says here, uh, feminists basically, the irony of it is, they, 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 their, their can opener to their agenda is the weak damsel who got abused, Right? The weak woman who's, is it, but then the end result is, all right, she is this empowerment and boss man and you hate everyone else. Okay, so it doesn't work like this. Right. All right. Now, many people are saying in the chat. That, yeah, what are they saying? Um, for example, Anza is saying young girls and boys were in relationships in my school by 11, 12, 13. That's so true. Yeah. I didn't, I couldn't have fun on the playground anymore in sixth grade. Right. Sixth grade, I'm turning from 11 to 12. All of elementary school, 
I had a blast. Yeah. It was so fun. Every day was fun until sixth grade. All my friends got girlfriends. And I'm like, hey, let's go play ball. Let's go play football. Let's go play soccer. No, I'm just going to hang out with the girl. I'm like, what the heck are you guys doing? Right. Just stand in there, yeah. right? So I lost all my friends yeah. because they all got girlfriends and there's nothing, nothing to do anymore, right? They're 12 years old. Yeah. And many of them are sexually active. The, the assumption nowadays is that a person in middle school yeah. is sexually active. That's the default. Yeah. Now, nowadays, we have the luxury of, you know, teaching about safe sex and things like this and also teaching them about contraceptives. They didn't have contraceptives. They yeah. didn't even have this conception of the fact that why they thought to themselves, why would you even use contraception? You need what's, to repopulate. Yeah, there. exactly. What's the point? And so you're saying that you're really subjecting the child to torture. Yeah. You're subjecting that poor girl. You know, she's, you know, she has the people that, um, you know, she's being sexually active with yeah and then she gets pregnant she's tied down to that baby for the rest of her life that boy gets to run free is that what you're saying that they get to do all of the things that they're wanting to do related to sex then the girl is tied with the baby and the boy 100%. doesn't no you have to lock it down same thing we're saying you're either you can not be a man when it comes to having sex but not when it comes to taking care of the baby right right so that's the only reason marriage exists is because it will produce something that cannot help itself. Right. And society has to determine who's going to take care of this. Right. Who is paying for this. Right. Right. So it's going to be the dad. You brought him in the world. But how do we know that it's you? You have to have locked this woman into marriage. She can't have been with another guy. Right. Because how do we know that you're the dad? Forget testing. Right. Right. DNA testing. That's something that only existed the last few years. You know, a few decades. But, and half the world doesn't have access to it. Right. So, that's the idea of marriage. Right. Who is going to take care of this new human being? This is not a giraffe that you could just, it's going to take care of itself, right? Mm. That's the only reason marriage exists. That's why friends don't have to get married. Right. The idea of men getting married to each other is a useless and dumb idea because you're not producing any kids. Right. The whole purpose of marriage is an assignment is a fiduciary financial and protective assignment to every little baby that exists in this society. In the absence of a relationship that would create that, you don't need to marry. Right. Okay? And any time that a husband and wife cannot produce children, that's an exception. The rule still applies. Right. Like, we're not going to come and say, okay, after 70, no point in getting married. We're not going to say that, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are exceptions. People who can't have kids... It overrides everything. Just like a stop sign is made for bad drivers. A good driver won't need a stop sign. But the rule is made for the majority. Right. So that's the idea here. Who is going to fit the uh, foot the bill, says Melody 21. She's got it. That's why, that's the only reason marriage exists. Right. Okay. So in the absence of all that, you cannot then have the behavior that produces kids, but not the consequence of the kid. Right. Pay, pay the bills, right? And cover this kid. So you're in a society where I think the sexual activity of kids, right. it went maybe from sixth grade that they have boyfriends and girlfriends. It's probably now in like second grade. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, there's probably kids, they don't even feel the feelings that are in porno, you know, uh, pornographic, but they know it. Right. But you can't even feel it. You don't even have the hormones anymore. Yeah, I mean, but they're imitating. Yeah, 
And you wonder why the youth and the adults in this society are so at odds with each other. Yeah. You know, this is one of the reasons. For You know, society has made it impossible for the youth to get married before the age of 18. Yeah. Right? They've made it so difficult. Everything, it's like, you're not ready yet. You're not yeah. ready yet. You're not mature yet. And these children, they know they're mature. This whole idea of teen angst, it never existed in other societies. Yeah. Because society accepted, yeah, you guys are ready. Yeah. You want to be adults, you can be an adult if you yeah. would like. Over here, no. You have to go through 18 years of school. You have to get your undergrad degree. You have to get a job. Yeah. And you have to live with the girl for two, three years before you get married. And then you get married. And then you have kids after waiting three, four years of yeah. you know, and using uh, family planning. This is torture for the kids. It's torture. It's torture. And Most of the time they break up anyways. Yeah. Like these people that date and then they date for three years and then they're like, finally we're going to do it. They break up and yeah. now they're in a downward spiral. Because they never want to get Exactly. Married. Because you actually got yourself used to a different type of life. Yeah. yeah. But it also you can bring this back to economics. The cost of living. Right. It's too high. Like live, life, general life should not cost this much money. Yeah. Like uh, most people cannot produce for themselves you know, five grand a month mm-hmm. at that age. Right. And if they do, they have to sacrifice all their their, their education because right. you can't study and work yeah. twelve hours a day. To pre- and in New Jersey, like like let's say, what is the cost of living for just a guy and a girl? How many work hours is it going to take? At age seventeen or eighteen, what skills do you have? I think you're at the flipping burger level, right? Yeah. So working in a factory, working in a, a, a warehouse, warehouse or something like that. Right. Society's messed up in that it's uh, one the part of the macro mess ups. The, you know the mess, macro mess up is where nobody's there's not one person who's guilty. Right. It's just it happens. Yeah. And it's messed up, and you can't change it either. Is that the cost of living is just way too high, right? It the the the, the if you're going to marry, you're going to pay the cost. It's too high, right. and that's part of the frustration because a dad is going to be like, no, right? You're not going to go live with that that guy. You can't even survive. All this, the topic came about talking about attacks, mockeries of the Qur'an. We should always accept them because in them is where the person is mocking, where the person is attacking is a proof of Islam and a proof that this book is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they attack the Prophet, anywhere that they attack the Prophet will be a proof. I've said many times, when they try to attack the Prophet... (coughs) <coughs> through Aisha, Sayyidah Aisha, and saying that she committed fahisha, that ended up becoming a massive proof of the Qur'an because no revelation came down for a month and the Prophet and his family were suffering these attacks for one month. Where did the innocence, where did the end of this incident come down? Through the revelation, Surah An-Nur, which made Aisha innocent. So why would the Prophet, if he's the author of the Qur'an, why would he delay one month, right? Why would he make her innocent the next day? If your wife, someone is attacking her, and the source of truth of your society is your blog post, wouldn't you put the blog post up this next day, right? So, every time in any situation where they attack the Quran or the Prophet or the law, the Sharia, study that area, penetrate that area with your mind, with uh, your efforts, and you will find a proof. And we just mentioned one regarding. Surah Al-Kaf, and all this came about because of Surah Al-Qiyamah and Abu Jahl making fun of 
Why does Allah say 19 guards around Jahannam? Okay. Uh, Laili 5 says, my little sister is 14. She just had a proposal um, for marriage over the weekend from a close family friend who's 20. See, it's still happening today. So it's not such a far off thing that people are imagining. And, you know, this society right now, Yeah. you know, people will say, we don't need this anymore. We've grown past these institutions or whatnot, you know, yeah. and women, they need to be more educated. Sure, wait and see. We're not even in the middle of... This big experiment. Of this big experiment. This yeah. is the first society. I think America is at the forefront and the European countries are following. Yeah. But even then, the European countries are still a little more conservative mm -hmm. and they still allow more of these type of things. Yeah. But let's see where America goes and what America is going to produce in the next 50 years. Mm -hmm. Cost of living is becoming unbearable. The ability for a single person to live by themselves is becoming almost impossible. It's you impossible. have to have a dual income family. Yeah. You know, the entire system is falling apart. Mm -hmm. We're not the first in anything anymore. No. Let's see where we're going. Yeah, let's give it a good 100 yeah. years. Yeah. Right? A good 60 years, right. 50 years. And we've been in this, if you could say that all this stuff became emboldened. Right. It started off, let's say, with Elvis Presley. He was the first one. Hmm. Even whether he was innocent or not, he might not know what he was doing, but he opened up a door. That door went crazy with the hippie movement. Yeah. And then from the 90s onwards, it was like open, bold. Right. And now it's in a complete tailspin. Right. Right. Where it's the perversion is now becoming, in my opinion, it's mental illness. It's produced so much mental illness. Yeah. Like everyone around here is mentally ill. So, um, you know, when they talk, like liberals to me, progressives to me, they're peddling things that is, you got to say, is mental illness. Right. 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 Because discernment is part of sanity what is sanity other than discernment so if you are now convinced that a basic discernment whether it be gender or other subjects is not what it is i have to say that you're just normalizing mental illness because dis sanity is all about discernment i understand that this is a hand this is a microphone this is a scarf that's just basic that's what sanity is right so they're promoting this discernment um you global population is increasing but uh many many countries right their population is plummeting and they're only increasing for the simple reason of uh immigration or the immigrants reproducing uh let's take a look at rates of decline What was the question? It's happened uh, hitting your wife. Hitting your wife? Discipline. What's, uh, yeah, disciplining your wife. Yeah, um, regarding disciplining one's wife. Disciplining your wife is that um, the Prophet this his sunnah, you asked about the sunnah, is that he never raised a hand on any of his women. That is the sunnah. Uh, yet the Quran does give that if there is nushuz, which is like egregious, um, egregious uh, misbehavior. For example, if you see her like smoking crack or with another guy or on a cam, you may physically change this situation. Okay? You may physically do that. Right. You may physically pick her up and, and shut the cam off. Right. Right. 
Sheikh Nisar in um, our class, the question was brought up, and he said that classically what's written in the text is that if you were to, like the movement is so soft yeah. of the hitting, it's purely symbolic, and it's so soft that, say for example, if it was attached with praise, for example, it would see be seen as like a good thing, like a pat on the back. Oh, okay. I see. And if it's attached with um, like a rebukement, then it would be seen as hitting, but it's not hitting. It's the same exact motion. You know, when it's you say good expression. job to someone, right? It's an expression. It's an expression. Yeah. And it yeah. should remind the woman that, you know, that this is, you know, like a rebuke. I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm serious. But it's nothing more than that. You know, yeah. the woman should understand that the man is doing this because he's, you know, at the limit here. Yeah. And it's, it says nushuz, Quran. Right. says nushuz. Egregious, uh, uh, what can you can call it, you know, deeds right. of disobedience yeah. to Allah. Disobedience to Allah, not you didn't vacuum. Right, like for example, doing drugs or being on a uh, in an affair with somebody, like egregious. Right. Allah and and I'm sure that there are other opinions on that, but that's what that's how it has been taught to me. All right, now let's listen. Look at the 20 countries with the fastest population decline, and they're all countries that are both European, but poor enough that no one migrates there. So the countries that are European and rich enough. They're making up with population by migration. Yeah. Bulgaria's population is going down 22.5%. That's absurd. Yeah. Like, will there be a country in 50 years? Lithuania, 22%. Latvia, 21%. Ukraine, Serbia, Bosnia, all 19 and 18%. Croatia, Moldova, Japan, Albania, Romania, Greece, Estonia, Hungary, Poland, Georgia, Portugal's at 11%. North Macedonia, Cuba, and Italy is at 10%. All right. All these pop, these are massive population. These Russia. Are, these are all the countries that weren't able to get colonies. Yep. And now they're poor. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and they're, they're too poor for anyone to come. Right. So let's take a look at another one. Population decline. You cannot tell me that screwing up the basic means of how population grows you can't tell me that eventually it's not going to cause in a massive population right. tanking. Like just it's simple math. Right. Right. And then on top of that, if you do just reproduce through zina, you're going to have <coughs> people who are not right. Right. Because you need to know the mentality and the vibe of a woman and you need the vibe of a man. Like the, the mentality, the habits, the ways of a man. You, this is information. This is knowledge that every it's not even knowledge. It's like an absorption. Everyone needs to absorb the ways of a guy and the ways of a woman. That's how you can navigate through life, through your mom and through your dad. You, you mess that up, you're going to be messed up. So again, the countries that are the top 20 are the same. All right, this is only a top 20. I don't care about the top 20. I want the whole thing. Anyway, we're, we, we digressed very far, but that's okay. Uh, really interesting stuff here. Um, it kind of reminds me of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where one of the signs at the end of times is yeah. um, the uh, mother giving birth to her like to her mistress, yeah. like to the person who's going to control her. Mm -hmm. um, and one way that you can think about this is that all of the countries, all of these colonial populations, Britain, America, uh, Germany, all of these places 
their worst nightmare is coming to a reality. Yeah. That all these countries, what's happening? Pretty soon, the Desi population is going to be one of the highest populations in the UK, for yeah. example. Yeah. In America, the Hispanic population is getting up there. It's going yeah. pretty soon. Spanish is going to outstrip English as the most common uh, language in America. And what's going to happen is, is that they produce these problems. Mm-hmm. They made these messes, and it really, you know, it's their children that are coming back to rule these countries. Yeah, and it's it's basically you made the bed. Right now, sleep in it. Yeah. You, you chose to not support all these South American countries. Right. You could have trickled down some money. They wouldn't right. have left. Yeah. Right? Now you didn't. You were stingy. They all came up to you. Yeah. And they want to live here. L- look, listen to this. Brookings Institute. Latino and Hispanic population has increased in the last five years, but the increase is decreasing. So it increased to about over a million. We're talking about in the U.S. Over a million, and that number has decreased to barely over five hundred thousand. So the increase is decreasing. Asian Americans, they didn't they didn't reproduce so much, but that's decreasing, right? Their reproduction, their their increase is decreasing. So likewise, over five years, it's decreasing for blacks, and and the uh, mixed races. Right. Okay. For whites, it decreased in 2016 about 200,000. And it increased incrementally that in 2021, it decreased by 1 million. Right? So you can see that the, the, the uptick populations or, or races, they're decreasing. Even though they're, they're, they're in the positive, that positive is decreasing. If the trend continues, they're eventually going to hit zero. They're going to hit negative. Mm-hmm. And the white population, they're decreasing, but the decrease is increasing greatly. So between 2019 uh, and 2020, it almost doubled. The, the decrease almost doubled. All right, let's see this one. Business Insider is very concerned the great people shortage is coming. What I've been telling you, I've been no, telling you, this is you know, you know, um, the future. What it is? Yeah. The great white people shortage is coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know how in Arabic you have the mahdouf. Yes, this the is, mahdouf. Yeah. That's totally mahdouf. It's the great white people shortage yep. that's coming. This everyone knows. The rating yep. is on the wall. It's on the wall. Researchers yeah. predict the world population will decline in the next forty years due to declining birth rates and will cause massive shortage of workers. Can you believe that the, the Starbucks Dean's Lane now is not predictably open every day? Yeah. It's like they, they don't if they don't get three workers, they can't operate the store. Yeah. So I was chit-chatting with one of the managers who's an older woman. And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, millennials. That's what's going on. I get a call at, they're supposed to show up at like 5.30. I get a call at 5.20. Yeah. Supposed to start at 5.30. Saying, um, I'm not feeling it. You, oh, you're not feeling good? You're sick? No, I'm just not feeling it. <laughs> this is what happens when... I'm not uh, coming to work because I'm not feeling it. Your population is the blue-haired people. Yeah, if you're... You cannot invest in these kids. You cannot invest if... I want to see your pictures of the last year. If, I have, if there's any pink, blue, or purple hair in any of these pictures or any of your friends, you're not getting the job because you're not reliable. So... 
The world has seen a population boom over the past few decades. The four billionth person was born in 1975, okay? And just this year, the eighth billionth person uh, was born. Population bomb has been cited by experts. An unprecedented challenge to ecological balance, to the ecological balance of the profits. Fifty Nobel laureates were asked what the greatest threat to humanity is, and more than a third of them named the overpopulation of the planet. And there's no doubt, this is a big thing in Tawheed for us too, because we don't believe that in this concept, that uh, overpopulation, Allah will take care of everyone. You have to have that belief first. Uh, but what those Nobel laureates overlooked is the fact that the forces leading to a population drop are already in motion. In fact, in 40 years or so, the population will have reached its peak and will begin to decline. Global population. It will not be a virus. It will not be a war. It will not be a natural disaster that will cause this population decline. Instead, it will be an increase in living standard. Progress in living standards since, birth of, since the birth of the Industrial Revolution has been accompanied not only by the rising life expectancy, but also the falling birth rates. But now, people are healthier, richer, better educated, living longer. So they want to live better and therefore have fewer children. As a result, the number of children born in rich countries is not sufficient anymore to keep those populations stable. But this decrease in humanity is not a reason to cheer, rather a looming disaster for economies around the globe. The great labor shortage caused by the declining population will cripple our global economy unless we find innovative ways to keep things running. Like who, who, who also, who's going to buy the goods? If you don't have people, who's going to buy stuff? The population is going to shrink. The economic and demographic forces that will lead to a global population drop by the end of the 21st century have been at work in major economies for a long time. Year after year, the birth rates of richer and middle-income countries falls below the critical replacement level, which is basic math, tells you it is 2.1 children per woman for the population to remain stable. In the U.S., the current rate is 1.6 children per, women, per woman. And it's even lower. Oh, by the way, we're lucky we can, this is probably an old article, say woman, right? Uh, because, you know, if Business Insider was to write this today, that'd right. probably be incorrect. They would must say childbearing persons. You know, um, they have programs now, they pay for it through insurance, at law firms and things like that, for the woman to freeze her eggs. Mm, have the babies later? Have the babies later. No, but it's not even have the babies later. It's rent a womb. You know, save your eggs. Oh, have someone else have do it. Have someone else do it. The entire paradigm that we live in is borrow from the future. You know, what, what about the future? Yeah. That woman who you, whose womb you're borrowing, she wants children herself as well. Yeah. So now she's going to be sacrificing her children. Yeah. So you're still kick, you're, you're still kicking it down the road. Exactly. You're, you're just, just kicking, kicking the bucket the down the road. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's 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 an insane concept that you don't want to carry your own kid. And it's even lower in most European countries. Japan, 1.3. China, 1.2. Of course, they instituted their thingy. Uh, South Korea, 0.8. Who's going to run Samsung, right? <laughs> Hyundai's, Kia's. What's going on? Uh, soon, almost every country in the world, every country in the world will fall below this break-even point. Okay, Germany is well under it since 1970. Germany. Yeah. 
Japan, well under it since 1970. Only the UK dropped in 1980 under it. And nobody made a bounce back. Only the UK bounced back temporarily from 2000 to 2010. And that bounce back still put them under the list. Okay, No country has bounced back. Okay, uh, China's from 1970 to, to, to they were at a rate of over six kids per woman. Okay. And by 1990, they were under 2.1. So from, huh? Yeah, because yeah, it is. They also don't want to have too many kids. They delay marriage that they don't, they're not into it. They're not feeling it. Research has shown that across countries and regions as, as living standards improve, it's natural. When living standards are high, you want to go enjoy yourself. It's only the sense that, like, it's a sunnah to have kids. You need to replenish your population. That you mentally say, well, at least i got to have four. Right? Because you can't have 2.1 kids. You're either going to have two or three. And three, well, you have to budget for an accident. We ask a lot of protection. So you got to have four. And three is not a good number for kids. Someone's always left out. Right? Unless the age gap is so different. But three is never a good number. There's always a fight. But once you do four, they break off in pairs. And, and, the, and the house is quiet. It's amazing. The house is quieter with four kids than three. Right? Who does the youngest pair off with? They in, pair off in, in odds and evens. Yeah. So the first kid and the third, the second and the fourth. Like they they have an affinity yeah. with each other. The first and third, yeah. they have an affinity. The second and fourth have an affinity. They click. It's odds and evens. And then sometimes you have girls and boys. And sometimes the two older, the two younger. There's so many different ways they'll never get bored. That's true. Right? <laughs> Research has shown that across countries and regions, uh, it's the living standard that is the hallmark. Okay? Once your economic situation improves, the number of children starts to decline. Okay? And I'm telling you that this, I think it's misleading in the sense that living standard is completely altered, even if imaginary. By getting Wi-Fi, by having bandwidth. The moment a guy is online, he's going to chase lesser women in real life and he's going to chase more women online. I'm saying the regular non-believing guy, right? You can't tell me that that's not the truth, right? The more he does this, the less he's going to actually chase a physical woman. Definitely. They're watching so much porn. Their dopamine receptors and their testosterone is low. They're playing so many video games. You know, makeup life is better than yeah. know, real life. So they have no motivation. So you don't actually have to raise the living standard, except you have to raise the bandwidth. My, yeah. The bandwidth meaning internet connect, connectivity. Right. Once internet connectivity comes in, I guarantee you, psh, it's going to be a nosedive of population. This is exactly what's happening in Japan. They even have words for it now for the, the average male yeah. who's like a shut-in. He doesn't leave. He you Shut-in? Yeah, like he doesn't leave his house, basically. All he does is watch... Uh, watch porn and play video games and it's a well-known phenomenon you know I, I meet people like this on a daily basis uh, especially when I was in college where you meet people and they're pretty much zombies they don't know why they're here mm-hmm. they even the look on their face it's like the dopamine is drained from them they have no motivation they don't care about anything you they they can't you know they're so sucked dry of everything like related any chemical that's going to give them any reason to wake up in the morning that you know, they don't know why they're in college. They don't even know why they're Muslim. They're Muslim because their parents are Muslim. 
they can't even bother themselves to learn who they are, what their origin is. Nothing, nothing. Check this out. A crazy experiment where a guy set up and he wanted to study. This is the weirdest experiment. He wanted to study um, the power of, of men and women over the course of like 30 years. Every year, he'd do this very simple experiment where he'd come in and he'd pay you like 10 bucks to fill out a very simple questionnaire. That questionnaire was nothing, anything. The real experiment was that you walk in the room, he's got a receptor here in his hand, and he'd covered his hand in a Band-Aid. He shakes your hand. The strength of your handshake transmits into data Mm -hmm. and he does this for every year in his his department every year on the same time every year he does this experiment then he's looked at the data over 30 years the guy's handshakes over 30 years have decreased by double like wow double decrease so if it was four it's zero right right Or, or whatever so the women's is now stronger than the men's woman's handshake is stronger than a guy's so wow. guys have become these limps. Wallahi, limp. Yeah. I don't know. That's a great way of putting it, really. Yeah. It's a complete limp. Yeah. And half the time, I'm telling you, I would rely upon, you can rely upon some girls to do a job, some men, some women, yeah. more than you can rely upon a guy. <clears throat> the women, they have motivation, they have ambition. You could say society's promoted, whatever it is. Yeah. They have ambition. What happened to the guys? They have no ambition. Yeah. And by the way, I watched some, if you do look in the past, the Prophet did say, Take care of this, the women because they're like captives of yours. Most of human history, you'd probably, if we're going to be honest, you'd feel sorry for the women. Like the way they would get pushed around, the way they, that figures why, why feminism existed. His shaitan never, let's say we say feminism, it's like, it's, a, it's got more harms than good. Something harmful never grows out of a falsehood. It always grows out of a truth. Like Marxism grew out of a truth. Yeah. Like a true oppression that was happening to the poor. All these revolutions across Europe around World War One and after World War One, the poor truly were so uh, abused and oppressed. But the solution was probably worse. Marxism was probably worse, right? So you would feel sorry for them, uh, honestly. Uh, if you looked at a lot of these the situations that happened in the past. But today, the guys, I think it's blue light. And I think it's school. In the sense of sitting still all day. That's for, not the natural For the guys? Way. Yeah, for the guys. Um, I, don't, I, I know they have to do it, whatever. No one's guilty of it. It's again a yeah. mass problem. It's not going to change. But I think once you hit a certain age, yeah. half the day you should be spending with your dad. I, I yeah. sent an in article his, about this where yeah. it's a real legitimate problem in school. And I experienced this my entire life, by the way. Yeah. There were very few teachers that I had. And this is a problem, unfortunately, with female teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, where the majority of female teachers, uh, when they're grading, they give higher grades to girls and for the same work. Um, they did a lot of experiments on this, and a lot of stuff proves this. And they give a lot more encouragement to girls. And they actually deflate boys' grades. Mm-hmm. And I know this because my entire life, there were always teachers that I encountered female teachers, mm-hmm. who they made it a point to take the boys' egos down a peg and to raise up the girls. And many times it was artificially done as well. 
this is the type of situation. And for example, you even look at the messaging that's happening in school. It's all about women in STEM, women in STEM, women mm-hmm. in STEM. And they're pushing women for these careers, which is good, you know, fine. Uh, based on the paradigm of the society. Yes, you know, we want women to work, blah, 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 whatever. But there's no commensurate push for the men to do the same thing. So what happens, these guys are limps because their entire life, they've been putting in effort and they've been trained that that effort is not going to be rewarded. Mm -hmm. The entire school system is stacked now for to be favorable towards the way that women learn, the way that girls receive information. Girls, they're propped up in many times, many instances, while the boys are deflated. What do you expect is going to happen? We cannot be even a people who believe that men and women are different, yet we educate them the same way. I am telling you, the best thing for a boy, once he hits the age of 10, spend half the day with your dad. By 15, you will know everything about his profession. Everything about his job. And you will become more mature because your dad will not tolerate nonsense, especially on his job, right? Right. Boys will, their growth, their maturity will go so fast. You think that a dad, let's say, let's say my son was here and I'm running a stream here, right? And he toys with the microphone. Do you think I'm going to say, I have time to say, strike one. I'm going to put up demerit on the board. I'm doing a job here. Enough. Stop. End it real quick. He stops, right? But you go this method where it's not serious. And you're just reading like books in a class. Yeah. Strike one. Let's have a meeting. Let's talk about, about what's what's the problem, right? No, put him in the real world very quickly from the age of ten. Go and work half the day with your dad, right? Yeah. That's not child abuse because you're with your dad, and you're not going to do anything crazy, right? That's what I'm telling you. That's what the world needs. By fifteen, he's an expert at his dad's job. And then whatever they learn, it really, half of it should be related to the dad's job. And then continue on with this. Continue on sending them off to, um, sending them off to, uh, to, to uh, what's the word? Different mentors and different, what do they call it in the old days? Um, what would they used to call it back in the old days? Uh, when, when you just like take a job with, some, like an internship. Apprenticeship, apprenticeship yeah. Right. So apprenticeship. Someone asked, how do you increase ambition in boys? The best way, remember what I told you the other day, the best way to know what you want to do is to be doing something miserable. Hmm. If every day you got to wake up at 6 a.m. and go to a grill and and, and flip burgers and cook eggs for people, very quickly you'll know what you want to do. And you'll know that, I don't want to do this, what do I want to do? And you see the boss walking by, I want to be the boss. Hmm. right? I want to be a, 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 you cannot have an Uh, an ambition at zero at neutral at in bed all day so if there's a boy who's not ambitious what i would do with him i would put him to work i will choose your job and i will force you to work right in that job you will hurt curse me you'll be miserable you will determine and develop right either one of two things are going to happen you will develop a desire to get out of this prison or you will accept it. If you accept it, that's your role in life. Right. I've proven it. You've accepted it. If you accept to be a guy who shows up and, and, and pumps gas for seven hours, and you're like, okay, that's life, then you were not set out for anything else. Yeah. Right? 
I think just positive reinforcement is also very important. Yeah. Um, boys, they don't get a lot of compliments, I think. Um, no, they don't. And they don't. They, they don't get a lot of praise for their work as well. Or th- many people, they don't even realize from a young age, you know, they're, you know, you're lazy, you're, yeah. you're selfish, you know, you don't have any ambition, you know, just, you know, treat them properly. My mom, she was always, you know, like she always made sure like, okay, you put in the work. So you deserve a reward, right? Not to baby the kids, but to make them, you know, to motivate them, say that you're able to accomplish more. Mm-hmm. Why don't you take this to the next level? You know, like you're doing, say, for example, an assignment in school. Okay, you did a good job. And yeah, you got that 95. But did you actually put in the work that, you know, you're capable of putting? Yeah. Where's the pride in your work? Yeah. And you have to inculcate that sense of pride, that sense of ambition, just by, you know, speaking to them. I'll, you know. I'll tell you what else. And this happened. I'm not going to mention names hmm. or what relationship it is. Uh, there was a girl and there was a boy. The girl, she said, um, you know, like, when, it, when I needed an extra point, teacher just gives me a couple questions, I get the extra point, right? The boy was like, oh, well, every time it just gets shut down, right? Hmm. And it's like, I said, yeah. I said to the girl, yeah, because you're cuter, right? Lookism is a problem. There's, you cannot tell me a human psychology is going to treat two people 100% the same. You need a lot of mentally, like you're trying to do this. Naturally, there's going to be an inkling to the person whose personality is softer, smooth face, skin is smoother. Like you, If there's a pretty girl, chances are you enjoy that company more than a pimply boy, mm-hmm. right? A pimply boy, like, it bothers you, right? right. You, don't, you smell bad. Everything about you is bad, yeah. right? It's easy to be harsh on a pimply boy. Right. It's easy to be harsh on them, right? So you can, we cannot be a civilization. I'm not saying this that, like, we need some kind of revolution. I'm just saying it as a, a general idea. As I said earlier, like, my, I, my philosophy of these mass problems, no one's changing them. And it's nobody's fault. And we're going to keep doing what you're doing. But I would say that we cannot say guys and girls are different, but we educate them in the same way. It's just not even practical. All right, really quick, uh, we'll have to take a couple Q&A because we got to go to Maliki Fiqh, uh, the intro to uh, Maliki Fiqh. We, we diverted so much today. But this, it's an interesting topic. Uh, labor shortage has already started. The ratio of working age population to retired. Okay. 7.3. It's going to be 3.5 soon. In the U.S., it's 3.5. It's going to be 2.6 soon. So ratio of working people. Um, there are not going to be enough people to buy the products. That's the problem. Right? Uh, that, and so if there are not people to buy the products, what are you going to do? Not make the products, common sense says, right? Common sense says you won't, you stop making them if there's not enough uh, people to buy them. So you end up with a massive decrease in production of, of things. Okay. All right, we have to actually stop here, believe it or not. We didn't take any QA. We totally went off script today. But we do have to stop here. And we will take... Uh, all the Q&A, we'll do that tomorrow, inshallah. There's a lot of people who had a lot of comments here uh, that were really good, but I couldn't read them. 
Alhamdulillah, I had my interlocutor today, Uthman and Habib. Okay. Um, Khadija agrees. When you do something you hate, there's the best way to find something that you love because you want to get out of the misery. Um, all right, last thing we're going to say is support the podcast at patreon.com backslash Safina Society, forward slash Safina Society. And also, Oz, do you have any images of the, of the stream? Uh, I mean, of the launch good stuff there? Let's see. No, I don't think so. All right, so go to launchgood.com forward slash Safina and support the live stream, uh, support the soup kitchen at launchgood.com. Okay, that's our soup kitchen. Look at it. Lines out the door. All right, lines out the door. We got people putting them, we're putting people to work. We put these people to work. Go to lacasina. Uh, launchgood.com forward slash Safina to support it. And you could check out all of what we're doing um, there and on Instagram. So, Jazakumullah khairan everyone. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-ladhina amanu wa amilu salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-haq. Wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.